Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast recording post-game of Maryland, Nebraska. This is not an instant analysis, fellas, but I am here in the Xfinity Center recording after the Terps beat Nebraska by 14. But despite the fact that Maryland tried to get us away from our normal podcasting schedule, we made it work. I'm here at Xfinity, uh, you know, just feeling, I'm feeling warm. We got, got shots up, got a dub, so rolling right into the podcast, a lot of heat. We'll get to the Terps maybe at some point. We will start with the fact that, uh, first of all, here with, with Banks and RDT, as per usual, we'll start with the fact that there's not a ton of news in Baltimore sports right now. We always sort of do a rundown. We kind of talked about this last week when there wasn't a ton. There is really not a ton. We're, we were talking Baltimore Suns sale. We were talking this ridiculous Orioles can't make the playoff 0% situation. Uh, we are in the doldrums of Baltimore sports news right now. Um, so I'm going to give the floor to either one of you to talk about the most notable thing you saw this week. Whichever you guys wants to take it, I'm just going to let one of you take the ball. Somebody's got to take the ball. RDT, you're out there on Twitter getting people going about statistics, so maybe you, you maybe you got something to get off your chest about that. But uh, we are we are we are, you know, we are struggling for Baltimore sports to talk about. We're going to talk about the stuff that happened, even as insignificant as it may be. Well, yeah, and and like we said last week, it is kind of the dead period where. Obviously, there's nothing really going on football, and everyone's kind of waiting for the combine. Everyone and their mother is doing a seven-round mock draft with 14 different trades in the first round. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know how I feel about that. And, and yeah, baseball is literally kicking off today with uh, pitchers and catchers. But, again, there's nothing to report other than, like, blah, blah, blah is in the best shape of their life. Chris Davis is is feeling so confident in himself. Is the swing is back. Is any Chris Davis news right now? Do we have not yet, no. Chris Davis? He's not – yeah. There hasn't been yet, and again, I mean, I think I've blogged it like the last two years. You'd think that he would be a guy that would go down to spring training early. You know, Trey and a couple other guys are down there. No, he's he's going to – he'll be there at, you know, 11.59 on whatever day they got to report when they got to be there at noon or whatever. Um, but, yeah, the, the big thing today that people are getting riled up about was the fact that fan graphs gave – the Orioles a 0.0 chance um, to make the playoffs. And I've never been a fan of Pocota. I like fan graphs and their articles and stuff and their stats. It's a great website, but it's like, I'm not, I would never get fired up over them running, you know, computer calculations and, and saying, well, the Orioles literally don't have it. Like they're basically already eliminated according to fan graphs. And it's like, if you want to get mad at that, it's fine. I, I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but there were people out there who were, who were, getting in decent length back and forth on Twitter. And it's like, well, it's not, it's not a, I, I just couldn't care less about a website telling us that, that the Orioles don't have a, a chance to make the playoffs. Cause I, again, I think if you're, if you listen to the podcast, if you listen, if you follow us on Twitter, you know where the Orioles are, you know what the, what the main goal is and, and you know uh, where they're headed. And um, it was funny to see the Orioles. They, they hit back with a, uh, the office um, crunch the numbers again, meme. Yeah, with Michael Scott wearing a uh, an Orioles hat, which was pretty funny. So um, at least they were having fun with it. Again, it's like it's we're in between ice storms. Um, we're just waiting on some sort of baseball or football news, and and it's like that's what uh, that's what holds us over for content right now. The only thing that the Orioles did beyond um, both having their prospects get rated highly in some places and Keith Law not rating them highly and the situation with the 0% uh, is they signed Matt Harvey uh, mm -hmm. to a minor league contract and the Orioles seem to be 
um, both stripping down their team and building one for a playoff run from you know 2015 or 14 or 2013. I think Harvey was Harvey's best year. Harvey, King Felix, and Chris Davis were all all stars in 2013. So I mean, if we can, if if make maybe. Mike Elias and, and Sid and, and those guys, maybe they have a time machine that they're they're looking to uh, to employ. Maybe that's the new advantage analytics-wise. Uh, there's really not much to say about the Matt Harvey signing. Say exactly uh, he, what we said about King Felix. If he gives Just them put anything, that tape back they, in there and, they and they will, put his they name will in. will trade him for whatever they can get for him. Uh, it was interesting. There was a little Twitter scuttlebutt about – whether the Orioles are stripping it down too much. And so can you build a team, can you build a franchise this way and not be competitive at all? Um, and that was that was getting bandied about. I saw deep in the recesses of Orioles Twitter at some point. Uh, really the, the type of, you know, inspirational talk heading into, heading into a baseball <laughs> season. Are you, are you breaking down the roster too much? Is it going to be too bad? I'm not sure. And it's, it's kind of impossible to say. So. No, it's. I mean, I, I. I don't know. I think that, again, they're not trading away Trey and Santander yet. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> or any of those guys. I mean, we're we're seeing prospects up there too. Like it's not like Ryan Mountcastle is the top hundred prospect who's playing this year. Dean Kramer showed that he's a really good player last year, and what we saw, same thing with Keegan Aiken. Like they're putting good, good position players out on the field. They're not trotting out like a Jake Fox and. And the you know those guys those retread guys that they were picking up a couple of years ago so no they're not they're not doing that and they're not I, I you know they're not ripping the team down to the to the bare bones too much. I, we need Matt Harvey and Felix and King Felix at Oriole Park though that would be just those are going to be two fantastic jerseys like they're going to be <laughs> all time just awesome like you're going to see so many of those jerseys in in 2028 and 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 in the future it's going to be it's going to be awesome i've kind of just been sitting here the whole time trying to figure out like what do i care enough to speak up about here it's just like right now the orioles baseball has just kind of been in the same position where they've been doing this small cycle like every off season where they pick up a couple guys that can contribute your jonathan vrs your kind of reclamation projects that they look to try to flip alex cobb being one of those examples as well like they're just doing the same thing over and over until they're ready to kind of full send it. And I think that it's funny that um, the crunch of numbers, Michael Scott meme, it's kind of almost acknowledging that, okay, the numbers are, are what they are. Like we kind of do stink. Like mm-hmm. it, it more or less is acknowledging the tank without acknowledging it. Cause it's exactly what we're doing. Everybody knows it. They've been saying it as much without using the T word. Um, and they're just doing little things here and there to maybe, I don't think their objective is to create excitement at all. It's just, um, you know, it's people getting fired up about Matt Harvey and, and Felix Hernandez jerseys and rightfully so I'm excited about those things. Cause like, sure. Like it's easier to imagine people having success when we've seen them have success in the past. And there's, um, you know, there's no no real reason to believe that they're going to bounce back, but it's fun to think about. And that's all we're really um, – th- that's the world we're living in right now where we're just, like, looking to grab onto anything, anything at all that can try to get us to opening day and create some excitement. And It is, it is interesting because they do have some, like, g- genuinely interesting storylines for a team that could be pathetically bad. And I don't mean that derogatory to the Orioles. It's just they could be bad. Trey Mancini's return is going to be awesome. Yeah. I really think that's going to be very uplifting 
you know, obviously we're going to try to have him on. Mount Castle for a full year is potentially a really intriguing first foray into what the Orioles could look like as these prospects come up, right? You know, him first, then you get an Adley, then you sort of head down the road of these of these top flight position prospects specifically. And then, as you said, you know, getting another year of a Dean Kramer and Keegan Aiken and those guys, you know, th- thrown together with these sort of reclamation retreads of yesteryear that, you know, I think that there's going to be just a curiosity factor about from not just Orioles fans, but general baseball fans. They have created a weird concoction of sort of semi-interesting storylines instead of, as you said, you know, throwing out guys, you know, and not to throw them under the bus, but like throwing out a bunch of Pat Velikas. I mean, I love you love watching Pat Velika, but it's like if you throw out a bunch of them, I mean, how, how you know, kind of depressing is the team to watch? But, you know, you have these, you have these other guys and, you know, it's 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 semi interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's almost. I'm more excited to watch this team than than the team in, in and it was the same thing last year. Then in 2018, when they had, when they took that one last go with the team, and they were just terrible. Yeah, it was. They, I mean, they had a team of Adam Jones and Jonathan Scope and Manny Machado and Zach Britton and all those guys, and they were god awful. And it was like, I mean, you have good talent on the field, and they just weren't winning. As opposed to here, where they have some good talent on the team, but it's like, I'll get up to watch a game if if I know Ryan Mountcastle is going to get four at bats, if I know Dean Kramer is going to be going to be you know starting the game, like I'll be legitimately excited. Um, so yeah, again, it's a weird spot to be in. And and Brian, like you were saying, like they're not saying they're tanking, they're kind of just phrasing it like we have a plan and and we're following the plan. That's what they're saying. And yeah, their plan is to field an underwhelming team and not spend as much money as the, as they, as the fans want them to. And, and they will um, rely on these young guys, the the Pavalekas and the, uh, some of those other utility guys. And and then when the prospects are ready, we'll see them up here soon. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think just what, what people, you know, want to end up seeing is, is the Adley Rushman's and all those different guys. And that will eventually happen. And and we'll see, we'll see how long, and we, we've talked about this multiple times before on the pod, and I think this is kind of the overriding storyline if you're doing any Orioles talk. How long will the fan base accept the Mike Elias plan? I think right now most of the fan base is on board with the Mike Elias plan. In two years, are you still on board if the team is terrible and you're still stocking prospects? Then it starts to get a little bit more squirrely. You've got to see guys like Mountcastle, and that's why I think it worked this past year in the shortened season. You saw a guy like Mountcastle perform, and you're like, all right, if we get the rest of those guys – in the next, you know, 18 to 24 months, we'll put a competitive product on the field. If those guys come up and don't perform, that is going to depress the fan base very much. Yeah. Kind of take away the acceptance of the, the project that's being put together. I think it's interesting too. Like there's, there's always a handful of teams that are in this position where they've, they're, they're racking up prospects and, and, and doing the whole um, sometimes intentional, sometimes not so intentional uh, tank thing. And it seems like every year or two, there is a team that, you know, arrives a year early, like the Chicago Cubs before they won the world series, maybe two or three years before right? that, they kind of came from nowhere to a degree. They had all these prospects. They had the hobby Biases and the Chris Bryant's and the Schwarbers and all these guys that you knew were going to be impact players in a couple of years. And so the target date was, you know, probably 2016 when they, when they won it. But, um, you know, there's no reason to think that the Orioles couldn't at some point be that team, whether it be this season or next season. And um, 
it's going to be interesting to see um, how the team this year progresses towards potentially being that in that position to do so. It's just, it's, it's hard to imagine that this is that year though. It seems like 2022 could be that year where we surprise some people and, and really make um, put together some of the pieces here and, and actually make some progress. But I think people are going to have to be patient with this one, 2021. Yeah, absolutely. And the Orioles, uh, to, to kind of get it on everyone's radar, the Orioles open their spring training slate February 28th against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So uh, they will be down there, and uh, and they will they will play spring training games, and we'll see how many Masson, uh, if any, puts on TV. Uh, we might just be listening to instant analysis of us looking at the box score for, uh, for spring training games or something <laughs> like that. Um, in other – I want to touch this real quick. In other – Baltimore media news. We talked a little bit about before we came on air about the Baltimore Sun is being bought by a nonprofit company. I know that doesn't sound unbelievably enticing to anyone coming on here to listen to sports talk. The interesting part of it is the sort of celebratory feel to the people that work at that company for that happening. So the Baltimore Sun was owned by the Tribune Company, um, which owns a lot of newspapers in the in the uh, in the country. Um, Banks, you can maybe explain the financial aspect of what some of the companies that have bought that the Tribune company do. But essentially, they buy this company, strip down a lot of it, and just cost cut. And that really impacts, um, the, especially the local newspapers. And his impact to the Baltimore Sun is they've gone through these ownership changes. They've now been sold to a nonprofit company getting out from under the guise of the Tribune company. And it seems to be a good sign for the Baltimore Sun in terms of its stability as a news provider for Baltimore. And no matter what you think about the sun or how it slants or whatever, the health of those type of things is good if you're a sports fan because those are the beat writers that are there day in and day out on the Orioles and the Ravens and the Terps, and that's how so many of us get our news and, and get those different kinds of scoops. So I thought that needed to be mentioned. I think that's good if you're a Baltimore sports fan for there to be some stability to that paper as sort of the publication of record around town um, and one that I think, you know, there's still something to, you know, that not going away and you get in when a team, you know, when the Ravens win the, the, the Super Bowl or you get that print paper, there still is something that I think for, for certain people. So I was happy to see that today. And I think it's a positive thing for Baltimore sports fans. Now it's just a matter of the sun taking advantage of it, um, gaining some profitability, expanding coverage, you know, doing all the things that they need to do digitally to, to be profitable. But, um, that was pretty interesting to see today. Yeah, I, I think um, I didn't haven't read too much into the story, but I think the gist is that the Baltimore Sun has been owned by the Tribune Company, which owns all these papers, like you said, all around the country. I think another company has come in and is buying the holdings that this Tribune Company had, but the Baltimore Sun, for whatever reason, is getting split off um, from the rest of the sale, and it's going to a nonprofit. And I, I think that it's the 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 main reason why they're doing that is because the Baltimore Sun is, believe it or not, it's pretty highly regarded and respected as a paper that um, wins Pulitzer Prizes and and breaks kind of some interesting and investigatory news stories. And so it's not really, it goes beyond sports a little bit um, in terms of what it means for the city, because I think we all know that the city has a tremendous history of corrupt corruption and things of that nature. And um I think that there was a lot of noise made, um, especially when the Tribune company bought the Baltimore Sun because their focus is on, you know, the, is, is New York Times one of their companies? I know the Chicago Tribune is their main Chicago one. Chicago Tribune, I think, is the biggest paper. It's the biggest one. 
but the the whole notion was that the Baltimore Sun has its own sort of story and its own attitude, its own kind of brand that existed. And then this company came in and kind of tried to make things a lot more uniform and, and you know, put their policies into place. And, and the Baltimore Sun kind of was at risk to kind of lose its, its, its spirit, you know, like really lose its authenticity and what made it the sun in the first place. And so I think you see journalists here that are very excited about the fact that they're going to break free from that type of control. And then the other part of that is like you mentioned, um, they come in and they just gut these companies and, and make their bottom line look good and, and, and focus on improving the stock price. And they don't really focus so much on the journalism. So I know we all like to bang and bash and, you know, make fun of journalists all the time with, uh, with Barstool sports and all these other media forms and stuff, but it is important stuff. Like it, it, if, if there's not the Baltimore sun around, I don't know who's really covering anything at all. So, um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what comes of this in terms of what the Baltimore sun is able to leverage uh, moving forward, but it's, it's good to see the, the people are excited that, that put all the energy that they do into keeping the Baltimore sun, um, you know, a name that matters in this city. Yeah, it was broken late today. So I think there's still some evolving information on it, but bought by a nonprofit called Sunlight for All. And if you look at ever at a Baltimore Sun, I believe Light for All is their um, sort of slogan on the top of the paper. So it seems like this was something specifically intended to take control of the newspaper. Like I said, I'm sure this will develop over the next 48 hours and a lot of the stuff we're saying might be a kind of a moot point. Um, from a businessman from Montgomery County named Stort, and I'll probably butcher his name here, Bainham Jr., who was a former um, state delegate. So... Seems to be in, in Maryland hands, which is probably good for the, the health of the paper. Um, and, and echo what you said there. Uh, you know, the, the local journalism thing, I think, helps sports coverage. Um, and obviously, you know, people do great things at, at places like The Athletic, and they've, they've done a very localized sort of coverage um, type of model. Um, but I do think there's always something with the hometown paper, and so hopefully that, that keeps that going. Um, one Ravens thing I'm going to throw at you real quick, Banks, before we get to our draft or our starting five for the day. I'm going to name, um, speaking of the athletic, uh, Zerubek put out an article today, salary cap casualties that could create options um, for Ravens upgrades. And here are some names. I'm going to give you the names. You pick the guy you want most, that you feel like makes the most sense, monetarily and on the field. Oh, you mean cap casualties that other teams may be making that we could target? Okay. Correct. Jamison Crowder, Zach Ertz, D. Ford, Rob Havenstein, who I, was, I named definitely, I, I butchered. Alshon Jeffrey, Ryan Jensen, Kyle Rudolph, Preston Smith, J.J. Swat, and Kevin Zeitler. Ryan Jensen. No question. As soon as I heard his name, I mean, I'm all over Ryan I thought, Jensen. I thought, yeah. Yep. Uh, I was like kind of thinking my way through each of the names you were naming. Like, oh, that's kind of a good fit, but not a great one, you know. Crowder like is kind of a just another guy relative to just a, he's a, he's a better Duvernay and a better you know he has some overlap with what Marquise Brown does and Zach Ertz probably washed um, but Ryan Jensen I mean we we saw what happened with the center position we've kind of been working our way around that position and finding band aids and plugging along since he left but to get him back would be incredible. He would just bring some nasty attitude back to the interior line. Um, I love that guy so much. I would love to get around. You, you teed me up for that. 
you absolutely teed me up for Ryan Jensen there. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, you know, I, you know, maybe, maybe take a crack at that. D Ford also, but we have all these other options um, at, at edge that, you know, we want to try to keep at least one of Ngakwe or, or Judon. And then you said JJ Watt, that's the hot, hot ticket item right now. Um, it makes some sense with Anthony Weaver uh, signing on as the D line coach. I, I, you know, I tweeted a picture of him when, when JJ Watt got released just to get people a little riled up. Um, I don't know what number he's looking for. And I find it very interesting that the Vegas lines put the Browns at minus 150 to land him. And I don't know what they've heard, but um, that's a pretty significant line. Whereas the Ravens are 10 to one. There's some other teams that are, um, the Steelers are, I think, something like five or six to one. So um, we'll see how it plays out. I just think that the Ravens have a lot more questions they'd like to try to answer before they go after a J.J. Watt. Yeah, I think the Jensen one makes a ton of sense, both because that's a position of needed, but also, and as you sort of said, he brings an attitude up front that in what the Ravens are trying to do, I think it's kind of a tone setter um, in the run game and, and you know, a guy that's going to you know defend the hell out of Lamar Jackson, as he always did with Joe Flacco. Um, he could be a good one. Uh, Crowder's interesting because I do think he was lost as a playmaker in a terrible Jets offense, but when he got loose, was interesting. I'm interested in how much money he gets paid um, in the open market. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the Ravens figuring out what their tight end situation, whether that's through the draft or getting one of these kind of veteran guys. I'm not really sure I want to see Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> Uh, but Zach Ertz could be could be decently interesting. Anybody pique your interest there if you're if you're thinking for the Ravens RDT? Uh, I mean Ryan Jensen has he's he could be the Maryland man of the week. Like he is he's been popular obviously since the Super Bowl, definitely around here. Um, but I mean I've seen him talked about on NFL Network and they just talk about the edge that he brings and he was the guy, didn't he go after Kiko Alonso when Flacco sure did? Yeah, and so I mean he he'll never buy a beer in Baltimore again just for that night alone. But now we're seeing it with Brady, and it's a different thing with Brady. And um, they uh, 105.7 had Cameron Braid on this week, and he said something like, you know, other teams were always aware of Jensen on the field because if you took a cheap shot at someone, if you, if you were doing something, if you were mouthing off too much, Jensen was going to make it a point to go after you. And, and he just brings that toughness that, 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 I mean, the Ravens didn't have on the offensive line this year. And, again, I mean, he – he knows the team. He's familiar with the coaching staff and the area. And, and I mean, I'm sure he would love to come back. I'm not sure what his, his payday is going to look like, but um, anything, obviously anything to improve uh, that offensive line. The JJ Watt name was, was one thrown out. It seemed like, what was that Friday morning when he got cut? I mean, Somewhere. it was, it was by lunch that the, uh, the photoshops of him on every team were just flowing. People had him ready to go. Oh yeah. 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 And it was, I mean, that, that was, I'll say it was fun to watch. I I caught Rappaport's tweet. I think it said 13 seconds after he tweeted it. So I did the, like, is this real click on it? All right. There's the check Mark. That's him. And by the time I got back to my timeline, it was just flooded. And then I saw, you saw his video and all that. Um, And it is funny watching everyone connect the dots, you know, Anthony Weaver, um, Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. Well, well, he coached there. Oh, well, his brother's playing Pittsburgh. Oh, well, he doesn't want to play with his brothers. Why would he want to play against them? And I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot going in with that. I, I don't, I don't think he, he, he'll, I don't think he'll come to Baltimore. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but again, I think, 
I don't know what to read into the Browns situation. Like you said, Brian, I mean, Vegas obviously knows something and Pittsburgh's always there. And, and, but who knows if he wants to come to Tennessee and play them twice a year, I don't know. Um, but that, that's obviously the big name to, to, to keep an eye on too. Cause again, they, they are, I know you said they wanted to bring back their defensive end. I know they've got a, a bunch on the, um, or I guess they're outside linebackers. They've got a bunch of people probably headed out. So Jensen probably makes the most sense. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, there's only so many teams um, that I think Watt is even willing to go to. I don't think he's going to go to a team that is that is not really close to playoff or Super Bowl contention. So that kind of cuts the list down a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Puts some of those AFC playoff contenders you said, you know, Steelers, Ravens, Browns, Titans. Bills, I think they said. Bills, you know, does he stay in the AFC? Does he, does he go somewhere else? Uh, that will certainly be. A storyline to follow. Let's get to the starting five this week. Um, we've done a lot of things based on sports with this, uh, but we're going to go all over the map. Uh, this week it's the starting five of cereals. Everyone eats cereal. Everyone likes cereal for the most part, I guess. I guess I won't blanket statement, but cereal's fantastic. We're talking cereals. Um, the number one overall pick, I believe, if we're going um, in order of who hasn't gotten it, I sh- will get the number one pick. Um, Banks, I believe you had the number one pick last. I had the number one pick last week, but I think we've done three of these, and um, well, th- I think we've done three of these as the three of us. I'm not exactly sure how that qualifies you to get the first pick. It could be any of us. <laughs> I was just going in order of, of who'd gotten the number because pick, I believe I got the – oh, no, RDT got the first one. So RDT, if we were going in order, would get it because you got it on the cities. So – but I don't care. We can we can we can sit here and stare at each other and not decide who who has the number one pick. At some point, we're gonna just have to decide who gets the number one pick before I jump on and start recording this. I'll take number one um, pick. I'll okay. take it. You know, I'll That's take it this way, this round. Um, what do you want, Banks? Two or three? I'll give you the choice. No, you take it. You take the choice. Right. Great, that was great radio. I'll take number two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number one. I'm going. I don't think there's much of a debate. I think it's Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I think it's got to be number one. That's why the first pick matters in this draft. Yeah, it's and that's why I knew if it's I had so it. head and shoulders above everything else, it's just uh, maybe not head and shoulders, but it's the best. There's no question. It's it's not even close. It's, it's tried it's, and true. I go. It's, go, the, it's your um, It's the it's the Trevor Lawrence of of this draft. Yeah. Sure. Um. Yep, number two pick. Um, yeah, I guess everyone assumed that that was going to go first. I- I'm really just going to – I'm not – you know, I'm just going to go with obviously the ones I like. I'm a Crunch Berries guy. I'm going Crunch Berries. I was obsessed with Crunch Berries as a kid. That's my favorite cereal. That's going number two for me, Crunch Berries. I like it. I like it. I love I love, I love the captain. I- me and the captain, we got along very, very well for a long, long time. Um, and-, and we're taking the cap. You got some tough gums there, bud. Top of your I mouth. Do. I do. You I do have shredded. tough gums. I, you're right. I do have tough gums. I do. Uh, they've been talking about how tough my gums are for a long, long time. There goes Tough Gum Taylor. There he is. That's <laughs> what they would yeah. say when he would walk through Calvert saying, Hall. That's what they were saying when I was walking in Xfinity Center. Yeah, Calvert Hall, Campus <laughs> of Maryland. They're the tough gums. Incredible. <laughs> you got a license <laughs> for them gums? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not in all the states. Um, I'm going to go with a very um, – kind of chalk i think but it's it's very well regarded you're going to get it at every hotel it's just a mainstay cereal i'm gonna go with frosted flakes sure. um yeah i mean it's just 
it's nice and sugary. Uh, Tony, the tiger is a great, just a great spokesman. He's a legend. Yes, he Shout out little league world series. Um, yes. Frosted yes. flakes. I can't wait till we do a three hour breakdown of the little league world series on this podcast. That'll probably happen. It is. I, we, I do this every time when I'm on the end of the snake. I just sit, we just sit here quietly as I forget that it's my pick for the next. I one. always think you're like marinating. Yeah. Like you're, you're, yeah no, I, I, no, yeah. I'm literally just sitting here with a dumb smile on my face, thinking that something's <laughs> gonna happen next. <laughs> no, nope, uh, it's your pick. That's what's gonna happen next. Uh, I mean, I could. Mm, I'm gonna go with Reese's Puffs. Uh, mm. It's mm-hmm. first peanut butter cereal off the board. Um, <laughs> I think it's the first uh, kind of dessert style cereal. But um, cinnamon, cinnamon toast, is that, I don't know if that's kind of the, I guess, I guess it's not, um, but Reese's Puff is the pick at four. Sure. Yeah, you, you got to start. We'll see if there's a run on the chocolatey cereals. It's not going to start with me. Uh, speaking of tried and true, speaking of hotels, speaking of, of ones that with the great mascots, I'm going Fruit Loops. Um, Ooh. Fruit Loops Mediocre. Great, no, Fruit Loops is good. Fruit Loops is good. Don't talk about my picks like that. Um, that, and that pecan or whatever that thing is. is it's a toucan. You don't even know your guy. Pecan is a nut. Yeah, toucan is a bird. A, hey, man, I, you know, I'm out here. I'm out here. You know, this is like I'm running a marathon after, you know, <laughs> you know, playing a basketball game. So um, are you going to sit up and edit this podcast when you're when we're done here? Well, weren't you doing it tomorrow? Fruit Loops is the pick. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Fruit Loops is the pick. RDT. All right. <laughs> I'm going. I thought you were going this. I literally had it <laughs> this is, highlighted. This may get this. This may get very off the rails. Go ahead. <laughs> I I already had this. Uh, I thought you were going here. I was getting ready to, to uh, delete it from my list. I'm going Fruity Pebbles. Mm-hmm. I'm just it's a it's just a damn good cereal. Sure, I like Fruity Pebbles. And I will bring it right back around. Give me. I, can I do Reese's peanut butter puffs? Like the Reese's. You can do Isn't it, that, but. Because is it is does it fall under the umbrella or? It it's it's a different cereal. You can take it if, okay. if you just want to just take a copycat meat. You know, second banana cereal. I'm taking Reese's peanut butter puffs. Wait 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 wait. Wait, it's Reese's though. Yeah, Reese's had their these own. Are, these are the you're talking about the same cereal. Reese's puffs. Wait, you said okay. Puffs. I thought you were going Reese's peanut butter. Peanut butter puffs, I thought you were going like peanut butter crunch. Me too. What is peanut butter crunch? Oh, I don't you know. Said All the right, same then cereal. Okay, then 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 that's on me, obviously. Um, give me. Uh, <laughs> give me <laughs> okay, this is my. Uh, I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> what? <laughs> I must have misheard him. Then I I I was thinking about writing down what, what you it's guys late. took. I'm going Count Chocula. <laughs> wow, what a pivot! That's a throw. Yeah, that's a throwback one. I'm, mm. I'm going. I'm going Count. The Count. Wow, the count! I didn't think the count would go that early. Unbelievable for the count. They're they're excited in Count Chocula, or in Chocula, Transylvania, Transylvania. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna continue to get ones that I, that I continue to buy. I, I'm taking Frosted Mini Wheats. I love Frosted Mini Wheats. They're heading right down to, to Team Smythe. Um, you can get many different sizes of the frosted mini wheats. I like them all. So frosted mini wheats are, are, are jumping on the jumping on the squad here. All right. I am going to take honey bunches of oats. Um, oh. I thought I was going to take it last, last round, but I didn't want to pick like a frosted flakes and a honey bunches of oats back to back. 
but the bunches are just unbelievable. Kyber, the Kyber bunches are, are are absolutely elite. If they made a full cereal of just the bunches, <laughs> game over. Like that's number one pick in this draft. Um, after that, I'm gonna take one that is a bit off the radar. I don't think a lot of people respect the cereal because it's in just like some. It's the the packaging is is leaves a lot to be desired. But mm. this is a great cereal as long as you get enough milk involved. You get that right level of not quite sogginess, but it takes the bite out of the cereal. I'm talking about Crackling Oat Bran. Kellogg's Crackling Oat Bran. A lot of people, I don't think, even know what it is, but if they have it, it's money. I've never even heard of it. Well, educate yourself. That's a stunning pick. This is a homework homework assignment for you, sir. Yeah, that's a um... – that's the, I had him as a six round draft pick, and you're yeah, you're taking I, him I, up. I, in the I, I thought they're going to be preferred undrafted. Um, coming back around uh, towards RDT, I, I'm going to take a pretty a pretty simple one here. I've got to get, uh, I've sort of got some frosting in my team. I've got two kind of fruity ones. I got to come back around a little bit more of a classic with a different type of taste, and I'm going to take Honey Nut Cheerios. Um, with this pick, uh, you toss a little sugar on top of those, get that little honey taste. Mm. that's just a really solid cereal that's a cereal that's not going to score 30 a game but it's just going to kind of it's going to do what jarius hamilton did tonight for the turf just do enough uh to to, to kind of help you lift yourself as a role player so thank you jarius hamilton thank you honey on cheerios by the way when you have a kid you will eat more cheerios like i've eaten more cheerios in the last two years than i have in the last 30 i just love cheerios yeah, like so it won't be a problem for you then. Regular kinds, like honey nut. Yeah, bring bring on the kids. Alrighty, I'm going. I'm going again. A, a throwback here. Kicks. I don't even know if you guys remember. Do you remember kicks? Oh, that's an yes. awful pick. Bad Coming pick. from the guy who just picked the the undrafted. <laughs> you don't even one. know the cereal. Exactly. That's how bad it is. This no, it's not. That's not the case at all. I've said that the packaging leaves a lot to be desired, but that does. It's not my fault that you're uncultured swine. Oh, no. kicks! I'm Learn going kicks. something. Go, then, go eat crackling oat bran. Come and come back to me, and talk to me about how great that cereal is. That it sounds like something like like <laughs> grandparents have at their house. Like, kicks is a stunning pick, by the way. Berry berry kicks. To, if we're being uh, specific, okay, let's be specific. Okay, then we'll do that one. You know, Although I'm gonna I'm gonna feel confident that bit, that we got Taylor throwing kick. sugar on his Cheerios. Trying to spice up his mediocre. I'm just pick. saying how I how I prefer them. I, honey Nut Cheerios are good as as they are. I'm just they really are. They're eatable. They're very, I okay. about if you get, if you, if you you get, get real right, real nasty breath when you get Honey Nut Cheerios going. If you get the right amount of milk, like you you're qualifying things too. Go ahead, RDT. All right, <laughs> I'm bringing it. Be the most contentious. I'm um, I'm doing uh this this has a connection. It's the cousin of the first uh my first pick, French Toast Crunch. Those were phenomenal when they were out too. It was on my board. It was yeah, on my board. They were very good. French and and there's crunch. just the mini mini French toast. Yeah, uh, the fact that they material. shape it like little toasts, it's mm-hmm. it's a nice little touch. That's that's probably why they're draftable for me. There's really no reason why cinnamon toast crunch cannot also be in the shape of little toasts. We can we can run it up that's the a, uh, the ladder of big cereal. That's something to think about. Yeah. That is something to think about. Yeah, it's French Toast Crunch right. off the board. That's French Toast Crunch off the board. <laughs> uh, I, ah, man, there's some, there's some, 
some ones on here that I really like. Um, but I'm going to take one that I actually have at my house right now and may eat when I drive home here. Uh, I'm going to take Apple Jacks. I'm going to take okay. Apple Jacks. One you saw a lot on TV as a kid. A lot of mm-hmm. the old Apple Jacks. Just solid. Just a solid pick at this point in the draft. Yeah. I, uh, you kind of made a decision for me. I, I'm looking at my, my board here, and I've got – uh, I've got some sugary cereal. I've got some, the peanut buttery thing going on. I've got some, some good balanced honey bunches of oats. I needed some fruit in my, uh, in my cereal realm here. And uh, you, you kind of removed Apple Jacks from the equation. So I'm actually going to take Christmas crunch, the Christmas themed captain crunch. You're giving me the shrugs, but when you get the Christmas crunch and the holiday season and you get that, that, that slightly red colored milk from the cereal. There's the sugar that's just coming off of it. It's just, you just know it's Christmas season. It just tastes better when you've got the little Christmas shapes and, and the little snowman, like the Santas and all that stuff. It's delicious. Christmas crunch. You guys don't seem very jolly right now. I, I, I've never heard of that one either. I, mean, I don't I've remember. I've never it. had Christmas crunch. I've never had Christmas. I've had Chris, the other Christmas crunch types of Captain Crunch that anyone's heard of, but not Christmas crunch. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I remember this now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good yeah, pick. Not, yeah. Not very I'll festive. tell you what. It's, be- it's got to be better than Kicks. Kicks is a bad pick. <laughs> I doubt very, it. Kicks is a Kicks is a good cereal. You, you might as well have just taken corn pops. Corn pops are good too. Oh God! I, I also I also like corn pops. Corn pops is like, the cereal when you get the little tiny yeah. boxes in the Costco pack that just gets left on the top of the fridge <laughs> or like in or in the bottom of the pantry that no one touches for years. And you look at the expiration date and it's like, anybody gonna have these corn pops? And the kids just go, no, like nobody's eating the corn pops, and they end up just throwing it away. All right, to recap the draft, RDT. Um, has uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Fruity Pebbles, Count Chocula, Berry Berry Kicks, French Toast Crunch. Um, I have Crunch Berries, Fruit Loops, Frosted Mini Wheats, Honey Nut Cheerios, and Apple Jacks. And Banks has Frosted Flakes, Reese's Puffs, Honey Bunches of Oats, Crackle and Oat Bran. Crackling Oat Bran. God. Crackle, crackling Oat Bran. Try the cereal, people. It. Everybody. And Everybody's got to try the cereal. Crunch. Those are your your final teams. Um, in a, you want to know what the number one. In a rollicking cereal draft. The number one honorable mention. Lucky Charms. I was never into Lucky Charms. And that's really high. I was looking at a couple of lists, and it's really high on some lists. I, I just never. The non-charms are just so bad. Well, yeah, but I, I, I always thought that the marshmallows made up for it. What I said about the bad breath on the Cheerios, it's like oh, 10 charms. times worse mm-hmm. on the Lucky Charms. Um, there's some. I think there's some, some really good cereals that got left off, though. I think Golden Grahams is a bit underrated. It gets overshadowed because it's a very similar cereal to Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but it's just clearly clearly inferior. Um, but that's a great cereal in itself. Um, Crave is kind of a low-key one. It's uh, it's just like got chocolate in the center, and it's, the texture is a very, very nice texture. Um, I, I wrote Corn Pops on my list off on the right as just like, this cereal's trash. Do not draft. I hadn't. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's off my board. Uh, Raisin Bran, you know, solid cereal. I like. I, I, I like Raisin Bran. I respect I Raisin, Raisin Bran a lot, especially yeah. the, when they go two times raisins. I think that's all the Raisin Bran now. It's like it just says two x raisins, and it's gonna say that forever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it really yeah. 
I agree with that. I, I kind of put myself in a box a little bit by taking Frosted Flakes because I had a sleeper late that I wanted to take, and it was Honey Frosted Wheaties. Didn't really... I do like the regular Wheaties a little bit. Too. Wheaties are, are solid, but mm-hmm. um, Honey Frosted Wheaties, I think it only existed for a, a short period of time, and it, it only had one person on the cover, and that was Ken Griffey Jr., which also, like instantly makes the cereal a top-notch cereal in itself. But it sounds awesome in it, like just in the name, Honey Frosted Wheaties. I had a lot of the ones you had. The only addition I'll have from an honorable mention. I like Life Cereal. I think they have like the cinnamon flavors pretty good. Like the vanilla based one is pretty good. I almost took it. Um, I, it's just, it's kind of a go to for me. It's also a great one to get and just like, you can just like snack on it. I mean, all cereals are mm-hmm. decent to snack on, but Life, you can just kind of, kind of get into that one. So Life is. Yeah. Nice I had a. Off with the corn pops, I had uh, Rice Krispies just by themselves. Ooh, forgot yep. about Rice Krispies. Rice Krispies. Yep. Snap, crackle, pop, and the fun will stop. Or the fun yeah. Will stop. I don't That's know. really all they got going for them. Yeah. It's great, commercial. great marketing. Yeah. yeah. By the and, way, no no milk in any of my cereals. No milk. You're kidding. I've always been a no milk guy. <laughs> oh, that's that's psychotic. Dry cereal. Forget what I guy. said about crackle and Oprah. You can't eat it without milk. Yeah. Dry cereal is the way to go. Oh my god! Oh, I've also I don't drink. I never drank that milk, is, so that's why. Is that is that why? Is that like a choice? That's why I have uh, the body of a fifth grader. That's why you're so <laughs> Pretty much, right. yeah. My bot, my my bones. What a breakdown! Is, this is. I've know, already teased. I've already teased hair. I've already teased. Um, There's so genetics. many things that align with this, yeah. like you being a snake guy, and. No, I feel like snake guys would drink a lot of milk, like that's house milk. Fair. I think they would either like, drink I think no of the milk McPoyles. or too much milk. It's one or the other. Just so you they, don't yeah, the, eat any cereal with milk. That's nope. that, that might disqualify nope. like, people. Oh, like what are, what's my, his like, list again? Cinnamon Toast Crunch is just straight dry. His list That's is Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Fruity Pebbles, which I'm not really sure. Those are so small. Are you just – I guess you're just – By the yeah. spoon. I also haven't probably haven't had fruity pebbles off the spoon. Berry, berry, berry kicks. French toast crunch is his is his five. French toast crunch would be good dry. Yeah, everything is. I'm not sure what. It's not better dry, but be eating berry berry kicks with like melted chocolate or something. I haven't had berry berry kicks in probably 31 years. 32 years old. (laughs) How did you make that pick? Because I saw it on the list, and I was like, yeah. Because I saw it on that. Whose list? I don't know, top 20 throwback wow. uh, cereals or whatever. There you so you're just one of these these GMs that are just reading all the mock drafts and just – Pretty much. Like, oh, yeah, that guy, that guy's still there. Yeah. Let's yeah. Yikes. Yikes. And that's the, that, that is the cereal draft, unless you have another honorable mention there, Banks. Uh, Flutie Flakes. I was going to say OVOs. Yeah. I feel like we there's a special section sure. for sure. the limited uh, edition if cereals. You're, if, if you're a WWE fan, Bootios. I saw Bootios on uh, – yep. I, during my research as well. <laughs> yep. So that's the serial draft. We'll be back with another st- serial starting five. Excuse me. Um, we'll be back with another starting five uh, next week as as we can continue on here. Uh, Nick Caner, Medley, Maryland person of the week. Uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. And anytime I get the chance to give this award to this person, I am gonna give it to this person. And it is our, our really our, our the queen of this show, and that is Taylor Swift, who released the uh, new version of Love Story last week uh, and is going to give us six new songs on a fearless re-release in April and just continues to absolutely just make the pandemic 
she has single-handedly made my pandemic 30% better than maybe it would have been with all this with all this new music and stuff. I, I mean, just tremendous. So, shout out to my my namesake, my initial stake, you know, the music queen of my life, Taylor Swift, for <laughs> giving us a, just love story, just putting out love story as it was intended to be again. Taylor's version. Screw you, Scooter Braun. RDT? Are you going to make a note about your tweet the other last week was fantastic about how everything you do now is you're going to put Taylor's version at the end yes. of it? Yes. That's a, that was a fantastic I people, tweet. I love that. I thought that was great. I want people to know that I am not going to be held down by the power brokers in music. <laughs> 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 and that I, will, I own all of my masters of all of the things I do and say. And that's how Taylor <laughs> intends us. That's how Taylor intends us to live. We we own the power, we the people. Taylor Swift really has taken a a great uh, you know turn into being you know a woman of the people. Before everyone thought you know she doesn't speak out about anything. Now she's you know she's just getting it done. She's big time. But thank you, I appreciate the praise from two great Twitter <laughs> men. Uh, I appreciate that praise. Um, my, my, Mar- my Nick Kinner medley, Maryland person of the week. I'm, I'm going, I was undecided up until today. Um, we talked about it a little bit. Adam Sandler's video on Twitter. That was very Did good. I take, take yours? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that I, was my I was scramble. Like, I, like, I like, I got one. Please finally. have me go before Brian. Um, <laughs> the video was fucking phenomenal. And and I think it was KFC or someone had said something about it being like, this is one of the most just genuine tweets. Like every every and Adam Sandler again just as a person seems like the most genuinely nice guy ever. Um, but him stepping up today for the 25th anniversary of Happy Gilmore, the, that was the first like bad movie I ever saw. I was at my buddy's house and his parents uh, were at a party and we that was the first video I had watched. And I was like, Oh my God, these curse words are, this is hilarious. And I like never thought anything was going to be funnier. And it's still a movie that holds up today. Like you it's put it on great. on a Saturday afternoon. I'm surprised it, it should be on tonight. It's kind of a shame that it's not. Um, but his, his tweet we hitting the, doing the happy Gilmore. Cause everyone, everyone has done it. You've gone to a driving range or a top golf and your first swing, you always take a couple steps back and you're like, huh, huh, Hey you guys watch this. What is this from? And then, um, the, but I think the even better part was the follow-up. And I don't know if you guys saw this. Did you see the follow-up from not only Shooter McGavin, who did his own video where he is, he's looking rough, um, which is, I don't think is a surprise <laughs> to anyone. I think he's got a few uh, Deweys under his belt. Um, but did anyone see Ben Stiller's tweet back to, to Adam Sandler? Uh, I did. I forget exactly what it said, but it was along the lines of like a – enjoyed your grandmother's final days or something like that. I don't know. Taylor, I know you were probably working. Did you see it though? I did not see it. I was firmly so he, in the Maryland Twitter sphere. He tweeted to Adam Sandler. That's a beautiful swing, Mr. Gilmore. Congrats on your anniversary and being such a loving grandson. So happy to be a small part of taking care of her during her gold, taking good care of her during her quote, golden years with a winky face. From Ben Stiller's account, and then I, like you said, I was waiting on uh, Bob Barker to to chime in. I don't, I'm sure his he he has a Twitter page that someone runs, but uh, yeah, Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore, 25 years, which is kind of crazy that it's been that long. But again, it's yeah, it feels like watchable. It's a movie that's been around pretty much my entire life. Um, 
so it's hard to like nail down exactly when like but it's just always been there kind of thing mm-hmm. but at the same time like adam sandler came into my existence as this you know mid 20s late 20s guy and he's still around and he's like still just like cracking jokes and making movies and doing all that shit um it's fantastic like mm-hmm. seemed like he got away from it for a little bit and he's kind of like leaning back into it which is a yeah fun he thing tried to, to do spanglish and um um what are some of the other serious ones so he's here? got it made i mean he's got it made right now there netflix is paying him so much money to do these um you know sort of kid type of movies every 18 months yeah i want to get chocolate wasted you know yeah he can do (laughs) kind of whatever he wants after that you know because he's just getting paid a ton by netflix so uh then he was in (laughs) just um he was why is that the name of that movie escaping me the kevin garnett movie uncut um, gems yeah should we talk about uncut gems i another podcast (laughs) i could talk about it i mean i think that movie was trash I never yes. saw it, but I've heard it nothing was, but bad things. People praise it all the time. They say it was like a great movie. I thought it was. I thought it was really just so funny that it comes up now. We, you and I saw it one year ago, about two weeks ago, Super Bowl weekend in Arizona, the morning before we flew back <laughs> together. Uh, and the four of us, you, me, the great Brian Gibbons and Mike Meyer, sat there and and were just legitimately uncomfortable the entire time. I mean, just uncomfortable. Where's the part where that movie was supposed to be enjoyable for anybody who watched it? It is never stops. If a who, listener loves Uncut Gems, please tweet in and say why you liked it. Who creates a parlay starting with the opening tip? Who does that? Yeah. Nobody does that. Yeah, that was insane. I guess that that's kind of the point is that he was just he's off the rails and in the, a psycho. But the movie. I, yeah, I respect the way he, he performed Very in the movie good. and all that stuff. Just a very i mean it is it just never stops he, i was so uncomfortable the entire time he owes us a shitty movie doesn't he didn't he say that if that movie didn't get nominated for something that he would oh, just make the shittiest make the movie, movie of all time. yeah that's right yeah well i'm sure he's got something up his sleeve. i'm sure he's got something in the holster are you jumping on the sandler train here or do you have somebody thanks <laughs> I was actually just biding time until I could think of a Maryland man of the week. Cause I obviously just lost mine. Um, I mean, I have a fallback one, but I, you know, I'm, it's kind of, eh, but I guess I'll, I'll, I'll go for it. Um, Aaron Wiggins has kind of stepped up his game a little bit. He's an honorable um, mention for me. He's an honorable mention. I mentioned for you, I guess he's my guy, you know, 17, what 17 plus points in five out of six games. Maryland's kind of, you know, pivoting a little bit here. They've got the easier slate um, where they got six conference games left. If they win maybe five out of six, um, it's really hard to say that they're not a tournament team. And it, that seems very five, doable. Now five, now five left. They, they played a pretty awful game tonight for 32 minutes and then turned it on late and won the game. So got to give them credit there. And I think that with the way that they kind of ran away with that game late, it's going to, it's going to, they, they play the second game tomorrow. Um, not sure if the podcast will be out before then or not, but they'll play Nebraska for the second day in a row. And that momentum will carry forward, and I think that they're going to have an easier time, um, especially just given that the, the reason the game was close in the first place is just they were just really sloppy with the basketball. 17 turnovers. Yeah. So um, I think that they won't have to sweat through that one as much, fingers crossed. So um, 
you know, we've talked about them a little bit here on this podcast. There were low expectations for this team coming in. The roster wasn't really constructed in a, in a way that gave this team much of a chance of making much of anything of this year. And they're kind of, kind of plodding along and, you know, dare I say overachieving even. So you got to give them some credit for that. They have it all in front of them. As you said, the easier part of the schedule, Nebraska, then at Rutgers, home for Michigan State, at Northwestern, home for Penn State. Northwestern is really bad. Nebraska is really bad. Michigan, this is the worst team Izzo's had, and at least, I mean, the, the, that I can remember. Um, they are not very good. Um, and then Rutgers is, is good and beat the Terps uh, pretty well in, in College Park in the first Big Ten game, which feels like a million years ago with this season. Um, and then, you know, Penn State beat the Terps at Penn State in a game where I think if Maryland plays – below average offensively they end up winning so it's all right there for the terms Aaron Wiggins was an honorable mention for me uh, and he has so much talent he's also um, someone that's interacted with him a little bit a really really good kid um, and deserves um, all the success that he has um, a really great representative of uh, the University of Maryland North Carolina native but obviously represents the state university so represents us all uh, my other quick shout out and I I will do this from time to time. Uh, my Maryland soccer team uh, starts on Friday at Penn State. They're playing indoors. Shout out to those guys. Uh, hopefully have a great year. Uh, so not a Maryland man of the week, but just a, just a shout sure. out. RET, any honorable mentions? Uh, I'm, I was going to – this was going to be my Maryland man of the week until I saw the Sandler video, which, by the way, this tweet is doing insane. It's, it's at 482,000 likes Yeah. and 100K retweets. That's a ton. That's a lot. Um. That's almost up there with uh, uh, Taylor's uh, tweet last week was doing decent numbers. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, no, no, not uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Yeah. yeah. Taylor's version. That. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor's version of the but what, but what about my But what about my tweet? Yours did, yours did good numbers, too. <laughs> I saw that. It was like mid-30s likes. Mid-30s likes. That's as good as it gets for at Taylor Swift. I literally went I'm back. Not, I don't live in the Banks RDT world, the virality. I, I used to try to save that for my job. But. This, is, this is an honest <laughs> statement i went back Thank and i told service. my wife i said you have to hear this funny tweet that taylor tweeted and i read it let's go it. that's how i saw go. that you had the mid-30s likes i was yes. like this is a good tweet so yes so yeah you get the rdt stamp of approval yes. um nice but i'm I'm gonna kind of follow in your guys steps uh kevin herter has been a monster he's been really good the last couple of days uh, last couple of games uh i have him in fantasy i dropped him tonight i'm hoping to pick him back up tomorrow for a guy but uh nice to see him uh, I think would he roll his ankle or something last week, but he's had a good couple of weeks and kind of the opposite of Jalen Smith, who, yeah. who it seems like he's had a he's had a rough go of things, and it's not necessarily all Jalen Smith. He fault. got demoted today. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah yes, yesterday or yesterday. Would he get yeah, COVID he and then and then the Suns were playing yeah, well, well he and he just himself. couldn't get going. He heard he got the ankle injury and then apparently he got COVID and then um, well that was the word and then they signed Frank Kaminsky who kind of kind of just was the veteran in that spot, the rotation, and that, and they're playing well. And it's sort of like mm-hmm. you're not going to throw him in there if you feel like your rotation's good. Yeah. Weird year for Terps in the NBA. Curter's now kind of coming to form. Bruno Fernando played early when Clint Capel wasn't really playing for the ball because now he doesn't play. Alex Lane got cut and is now playing minutes for that depleted for the depleted Starting. <laughs> yeah, playing, yeah, it's a playing very, pretty very, good minutes. It's a very, very, yeah, very, very yeah. topsy-turvy year for, uh, for Terps in the league. So. Sure. Um, yeah. I also was maybe just going to throw some golf love out there, but I don't think a lot of people want to listen too much about Daniel Berger. He's not exactly the most uh, household name type of guy, but 
another good week for Spieth, but yet again, didn't get it done. Um, Wait, Jordan Spieth didn't get it done? Jordan Spieth. No. Hold on, hold on. Now we got to discuss. Now we have. No, a- I just feel like that's always the book on him. Is like it's not well, though. It's actually not, not at all. His, not. When he was going, he got it done. All his fifty-four hole lead record is like one of the highest on tour. I think he like he converted like something like nine out of sixteen before these last two. So I think like half the time, which is actually a very high percentage, we got spoiled by this guy called Tiger Woods who has converted 44 of 46 54 hole leads in his career, which is one of the most insane statistics you will ever hear. I think he got, got by like once by maybe Phil at Pebble and then by Y.E. Yang at the 2009 PGA. It's the only time he's gotten got from behind. That's how freaking good that guy is. Yeah, it's amazing. So Tiger Woods, honorable mention. (laughs) Speed does normally get it done. Uh, we will finish here. I do actually have, and I'll surprise you guys with this. I do actually have one quick um, go off, uh, King here. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go like really deeply into this, but uh, the you- Duke Jalen Johnson news came out mm-hmm. yesterday, and there was a lot of scuttlebutt about him quitting, and then the reverse take, which was, oh, he's looking out for himself. We're playing in a pandemic. He's trying to, you know, make sure that he's healthy. He's getting exploited, blah, blah, blah. There's a which, lot to go into that. In which way is Taylor going to go with this? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm excited. Which to way go is he going to go with this? Which I'm, which, which I'm not going to go into. But the people that had the take about him, about the blanket take to defend him, about that he was opting out because of the pandemic to keep himself healthy, that is a false narrative created to defend Jalen Johnson because he's a young athlete that you believe has other things happening to him in terms of what's happening to him in college athletics, whether he's not getting paid or whatever. He didn't say he was opting out because of the pandemic. He's been playing for the last three months during the pandemic, and there's been no sign of him stopping until he hasn't played big minutes the last four or five games because clearly, and Jeff Goodman reported, there was some rift between his camp and Coach K. I don't know the details on that. And even if I did, I probably wouldn't go into him because I, you know, don't have it, you know, you know, nailed down. But it, the fact that people were saying that just because we feel the need, and I, I love athletes and work with student athletes every day, and and love watching pro athletes and love defending athletes. But it's fine for Rostin to have the take that Jalen Johnson quit. That's not an unfair take from a guy that's old or a take guy, or because he's not, you know. You know he's he's profiting from his journalism job on on student athletes that aren't getting paid. His take comes from the fact that Jalen Johnson stopped playing for Duke when they're clearly out of it. He's not playing anymore. The guy went to three high schools, quit on multiple high schools, and I don't even, I don't know Jalen Johnson and I don't know the situation. And and there, of course, they had a foot injury and he's rehabbing the foot injury, and that all may be true. But it is I do not mind that take and the fact that he was getting killed for that take because it's like oh he opted out because man. Just garbage. Like, it, you're allowed to – people are allowed to go after athletes. We're flipping to this thing in the media where because people have to cozy up to athletes to get access, there's not a lot of critiquing going on, and that's continuing to flip that way, and that was a clear idea of it. There was, if Jalen Johnson opted out because of the pandemic, he would have said it in the statement. He would have said, I don't feel safe playing. He's felt safe playing for three months. <laughs> like, he didn't opt out to because of the pandemic. So the people that said that, get out of here. You're just trying to attack John Rothstein because you think it's an 
uneducated take, but it's just a it's a it's the same bit of like fire takeness that yours is your blanket he opted out because the pandemic is getting flooded. I said to get that out there. Did he use the phrase opt you- out? No, he he's foregoing the rest of the season to prepare for the NBA. Draft. So so the word opt out didn't even get used. So all these people, no. yeah. So he, he just quit. The word got opt out. The word got you word he, got opt out got used. It's, Goodman said he's opting out of the rest of the season. In the Duke statement, um, he talked about he talked. I'll even go to it right now. Duke men's basketball. Yeah, he, he, T- terse statement by the way, from my he, guy Coach K. He's quitting um, like. It, when you quit, you don't use the about, word quit unless you're just trying to like shove it like family, to your boss. And I but have made a decision that I should not play the remainder of the season, so I can be a hundred percent healthy in preparation for the NBA draft. Yeah, that's I mean, that's quitting. Yeah, he stopped playing. Which, if that's what he wants to do, by the way, he has every right to quit if he wants to quit. Yeah, but you also he also can be. It's also not unfair to call him a quitter. If he wants to, like, if he, he literally quit, playing, <laughs> if he wants to stop playing to prepare for the NBA draft because he feels like that's more important than playing for that team or getting exploited or whatever it is, once again, don't really want to go too far down that road, but whatever, that's fine. But John Rothstein's take is not that far off. It's it's a fine take for him to have. Whether you just you can disagree with it, but for people to just act like he he's just way out of bounds, it's just you know, there's just that's. I was just, to, just there's a lot of blanket things going on with without a lot of reasonable thinking. I was so surprised to see it so black and white from Rothstein, just being like straight up, yeah, he quit. That he that's what surprised me. It was surprising, you know, but he wasn't wrong. No, no, not people at all. Don't people don't want to go after athletes like that? They're they're especially the a, student athletes. The the yeah, which which college. normally I'm fine with. I think that student athletes get destroyed for no reason on a lot of levels. When they're you know just out there playing for a college, I think that's like insane. And so, if you want to use that argument, say, "Hey, don't attack Jalen Johnson." Like, for, he's you know, eighteen years old. He's, he's, he's eighteen years old. He's trying to make a decision. I'm fine with that reasoning. But the reasoning, like, "Oh, shut up! You don't get it." He's getting exploited during a pandemic. That's not a, that's not a reason. He didn't opt out because of that. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like starting up a video game and getting down by three touchdowns, and it's still the first quarter, and you're just like. I just want to get to the next game. I quit. I just want to get like, to the next there's game. nothing stop. for me to gain by continuing to play this game where I'm not gaming, gaining anything. So I'm going to quit and move on to the next thing. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. Which That's what he's doing. He has it's every, quitting. Which he has every right to do. He has every right to do that as well. Whatever. Kid can do whatever he wants. But just had to get, it's been percolating here for the last 24 hours as I watched people do that with no evidence that that's what was happening. And then him release a statement and people continuing to do that despite him never stating that. And if that was the reason, that's a good PR way to say it. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel comfortable playing during the pandemic anymore. Okay, <laughs> then everyone will defend you in that way. He didn't even say that. Wild. Wild. And it, it's crazy very because... mad online behind the scenes because, you know, but... <laughs> There I was go. gonna say because then the story didn't turn into him up, op- him him leaving. It turned into like, well, you can't say that about the kid. No, well, you can, you know, and that that's literally like two, it was taking away from the story, and it was just people either bitching at Rothstein or bitching at people saying that Rothstein couldn't say it or he can say it, and that's when it was like, all right, this is this is way too much. But regardless, you got to feel for Coach K. You know, it's just a I think terrible I think year. People are just shocked that somebody quit before K. 
I mean, that's that. I mean, that's been the whole narrative. I mean, it is it is bizarre to see Duke. It's bizarre to see there's a lot of college basketball blue bloods, and obviously the blue bloods, yeah. You know, Maryland is 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 trying to get the NCAA tournament here, but you know, to watch North Carolina and Kentucky and Duke struggle like they have, Michigan State has been has been wild. Um, but it's also so like we knew the incredible consistency of what all those programs have done. Is, is we we knew going into the season though with Maryland's recruiting class, like oh, they're not going to be, you know, what they had been recently. But I I mean. That's why, like, I wasn't too surprised at how the season's gone, but at least, like, I mean, you could have penciled in. I mean, Johnson and, and some of the, Jeremy Roach and a lot of the guys on their team are highly, highly regarded guys. I mean, like, you know, top 50, top 25 type recruits, and maybe in a pandemic year, and obviously Kentucky kind of does a similar thing. You just didn't have enough time to coalesce it together. Mm-hmm. Good um, word. Hmm. And, and, and kind of figure it out as the Maryland highlights play here called by Scott Van Pelt. That's a be- always a beautiful, beautiful night for Maryland fans to see that we're doing. Aaron Wiggins spin move to the lane. That's and one. Um, so they had to get that had to get that out there. Um, wish the best to Jalen Johnson. Do I wish the best to Coach K? Remains to be seen. Um, so that's my that's my go. We haven't had a go off king in a while, but that stuff. I, I almost I almost did Coach K as my honorable mention, and I was just going to talk about what a what a tough, you know, season it's been for him and all that. So, I'm I'm glad I let that uh, I let that sit and uh, you uh, you were able to take that. Yeah. yeah. So, an interesting an interesting uh, situation. That Aaron Weaver's getting Aaron Wiggins out. It's a great way for this podcast to end. I sit here in College Park watching highlights of a game discovered like two hours ago. Um, Thanks to our sponsor, Jimmy Seafood, as per usual. And make sure to follow the uh, podcast on all of our social media channels at Exit52Podcast on Twitter, at Exit52Podcast on Instagram. You can follow Barstool Banks at Barstool Banks. That works out well. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can follow RDT at EDITTI22 on Twitter. You can follow me for those hot Taylor Swift tweets. By Taylor. About. Tweets by Taylor. What is it? What did we? By Taylor's version. Uh, t- Taylor's tweet, version. Taylor's tweets, Taylor's version. Fearless edition. Platinum edition. Target special edition. You should um, change your Twitter name to Tweets by Taylor. That'd be I, good. Hashtag yeah. TBT. I just want to be at Taylor Smythe, and I think there's still, like, somebody with at Taylor Smythe. Um, it was somebody – I remember looking it up years ago, and it's some, like, Canadian girl that, like, loved Justin Bieber. I wonder if she still has it. Nothing wrong with Justin oh, now Bieber. Palm City, Florida. Oh man, mate, this looks like I'm not. Uh, God, I might DM this person. Be like, can I have your account? Uh, we'll <laughs> give him a shout out on air. Did retweet. Did retweet. He's at Taylor Smith. Did retweet some a couple days ago. So an active account. So going to be a little tougher. I might just go follow Taylor Smith on Twitter. We're getting out of the rails here. Uh, we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back uh, next week on the X52 podcast. Hope to have a guest. Um, Make sure to continue to, to, to send your love and support for the pod. Make sure to give us a, a like, rating, or uh, review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. And we will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood.